Are you a business-to-business -business sales leader looking to lead your sales team to new heights? You've come to the right place. Welcome to the Purpose Driven Sales Podcast. Hi, my name is Josh Sweeney, joined by my co-host Taylor Barnes. Taylor, how are you? Josh, I'm good, but I'm in deep thought because many times I... I pray and I ask for the foresight to see things coming. And then when they get here, I pray for the courage to do something about them. Now in sales, that really screws me up because of how inaccurate the data could be in a pipeline. And I can't see things coming enough to even be aware if they're going to get near or not. Long-winded way of saying I'm a little confused, Josh. Yeah, well, pipeline inaccuracy can cause a ton of confusion, especially when things hit that you didn't expect or when things drop off that were supposed to close tomorrow and, you know, all your numbers are just really jacked up in that deal flow. Exactly. So uh, the leader challenge that we're really talking about today is how do you get a realistic view of the sales pipeline? So let's start off talking a little bit about why does the pipeline get messed up in the first place? Yeah, I mean, the reasons that we see a lot... Um, I mean, number one, it's just pretty practical. The reps aren't updating the pipeline. And I know every sales manager out there can understand this. Um, there, there is something that, that is innately wired into us as salespeople when all we want to do is create and close and create and close. And I can totally respect that. But unless we are built as an organization that have got, you know, lo loads of in insider sales reps or executive assistants, whatever you want to call them, someone that actually is updating the data, then ultimately it falls in the sales rep to do that. And for the most part, sales reps are wired with a, I don't care about updating a spreadsheet and a piece of software. I just want to get to the next deal, get to the next client, make the next sale. Uh, so it kind of goes against how they're innately wired. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, most definitely. And and the other problem there and what causes that that wiring is if updating the pipeline doesn't provide them any value. You know, that's a that's another one of those issues where and there's lots of solutions where updating the pipeline benefits the sales rep, but if that's not part of how you operate, then there's there's just no point for them to update it. They don't see a, a use. Yep, you're exactly right. Cuz what I mean, what I don't know how many sales reps you've had like this. And I, and I, it's not all of them. A lot of them do like to really dig into to the data, very left-brained, you know, uh, salespeople, which is awesome when it comes to making the pipeline accurate. But um, man, there are, there are not many that I can think of off the top of my head that go, <laughs> go every day in their CRM or their pipeline and be like, Oh, this is what I have coming up. They're, they just wake up and they look for their for purchase orders in their mailbox, right? And uh, and then that's how they know how good they're doing or whatnot. Or they look in the rearview mirror at a previous month to be like, oh, I did good or bad or or what have you. So yeah, I run into that a lot. It's just the reps simply don't do it. So from your point of view, what's another reason that you know we don't get a realistic view of the pipeline? Uh, another one reminds me of a friend of mine that, that was actually just lamenting the other weekend around how he gets completely harassed on every deal in the pipe. Mm -hmm. So he, he works in an organization where there's different lines of business and there's a sales manager for each line of business. So not only does he have a direct manager, but if he's selling a different line of business, 
he's being asked about the sale from that business line manager (laughs) and then uh, then like an executive right so he's like look man if i get a deal in the pipe and it's a big deal and i'm in the early throes of it i'm literally getting harassed by three people Mm -hmm. multiple times a week on a deal that I might've just put in. He goes, yep. so I don't even want to put stuff in because that just means more work for me. And you know, that that's a big problem too around, you know, I just big constantly problem. getting harassed about the deal you have in the pipeline. When's it going to close? When's it going to close? It's like, yeah, he's like, Hey man, how about you help me close it? You know, yeah. or, or help me in some way. <laughs> and I get it. I mean, you know, we, we, we've both been in sales and we, we know how it is. I mean, the last thing that we want to do is, is is create more opportunity which creates more levels of micromanagement that doesn't that doesn't sound good you know so why not create the opportunity behind the scenes and maybe not enter it in there because i won't get harassed so that that's that's pretty classic and and i've heard of especially in the larger organizations out there that you're talking about that have got just multiple layers of business lines and forecast is everything and it is everything so the minute they see something new pop up they're going to get all over the individual. Tell me more. So, yeah, I agree. That's another really big one is that they have three people harassing. You know, it kind of goes along the same lines, Josh, but I would say another one that I see a lot of them a lot of time is, you know, they want to under promise so that they can over deliver. You know, they, they want to have the element of surprise and they want to run in and be like, yeah, you guys didn't know about this, but <laughs> guess what? I just closed today. And, you know, that's fun as a startup because I remember those days. Uh, but I will say, as you get more mature as an organization and more matures in your sales processes, it's not that you don't love the deals that heat up quickly. Those are those are awesome. Those are great wins. But I will say that it comes with a with a price, and that price is usually that you don't have enough time or bandwidth or runway to deliver. So not to get into the, to the really big reasons here, but I think as a, as a salesperson, you really want to lean on the, I'm going to, I'm not going to guarantee these, this deal will happen, but then you want to be able to say, Hey, the deal happened. So you under promise over deliver versus, you know, putting maybe everything in there with some, some pretty high closing percentages. And all of a sudden it looks like you're not doing your job too well. So I see that one a lot too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're under promising and you're, you're, you know, downplaying the deals, you're probably going to get harassed about them less too, right? If, if yeah, they're right on the it. cusp of closing, people are asking, when's it going to close? When's it going to close? And it's like, oh, this one's in the early throws, you know, yeah. so you can downplay it. And then when it closes, everybody's happy because, you know, oftentimes that's the extra bump or extra win for that month or quarter too, because you would under promise. So it looks better to some extent, but yeah, it yeah. messes up a lot of downstream actions. That, it, it kills me. I mean, and, and what's so funny about this, and I've asked a lot of other sales leaders, the same question. I don't know what it is about it, but every top rep has this issue. Every one <laughs> gotcha. that I've heard of has well. this issue. Yeah. And, and I mean, to, to their credit, again, it goes back to what makes a great salesperson and that is the extreme opportunistic mindset and the ability to capitalize on a given situation which takes a ton of action go 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 hustle 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 and it doesn't leave much time quote unquote for the sitting down and updating a piece of software or some data that's going to give other people not him but other people uh a view into what's coming so talk about a Talk about a challenge for a lot of sales leaders, right? This, this is a big thing. 
Yeah, most definitely. I mean, those are a lot of, there's a lot of normal, you know, you, you could say legitimate, but, you know, maybe, maybe more of an excuse of why the pipeline isn't accurate. Um, but, you know, the, the other one that comes into play, in addition to, you know, reps just not doing it, under-promising, over-delivering, uh, being harassed is, is really having a standard in your CRM or in your sales tool. So I yes. see a lot of people where, you know, the sales stage that, a, that an opportunity is in or that a deal is in means something different to, a diff, to each rep. Mm -hmm. So that could be a big difference. And it seems super simple, but it's actually not. Um, or too many stages in the CRM to keep up with, right? So if I have 10, 15 different stages for a deal, that actually makes it harder for the rep to update and they're less likely to do it. So compound that with like inaccurate stage definitions and all of a sudden, you know, you got a recipe for disaster in, in pipeline accuracy. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, issue with sales stage definitions is something that, that I hear a lot about. And, and to be clear what we mean, when, when we talk about, you know, potentially a, a definition of what makes a deal 25%, 50%, 75%, whatever your, your metrics are, having a standard definition and then having a standard uh, evolution of that, you know, when you're getting from step one, two, three, four, all the way to close is extremely important. And if, unless that's defined, uh, you know, it's going to confuse the, the sales reps potentially, and, and they might not even know what to, to put in there because they don't understand the sales stage definition. So I agree. That's a big reason. A lot of people don't really understand in this type of an opportunity, what really makes it 50%. And if the answer is, I don't know, Josh, most likely they're not going to put 50%, right? Yeah, and yeah. then, and then right off the bat, uh, I totally agree with that other statement you made CRMs that come off the shelf. It's important for people to know out there that if you're either in the beginning stages of this or, you know, if you're in the middle of uh, considering one, what it comes off the shelf is probably not what you need because it comes with extreme amounts of possible data and criteria, which will result, as Josh said, in too many stages in the CRM to keep up with. So if, if for instance, if you want a rep to enter in an opportunity and it's got 15 to 16 different chevrons full of data for them to put in, well, that, that might be a little bit overbearing and, and you're going to lose some, some responsibility from the rep because he or she is going to say, gosh, this is just going to take so long and it's a brand new opportunity. I don't know how long it is. So, you know, the, obviously, you know, we're getting into the solutions here in a second, but the real reason this is, is there's flat out too many stages in the CRM to keep up with. Yeah, most definitely. There's too many stages. The definitions aren't right. I mean, I see ones all the time that are a mixed match of like present tense and past tense stages. And it's like, well, does that mean this? <laughs> does that mean I've done it? Or that means I'm right. going to do it? Like in proposal, does that mean I sent the proposal? Does that mean I'm about to send the proposal? Does that mean yeah. they have the proposal? You know, and, and it seems trivial, but when you want pipeline accuracy to know how many deals are in proposal, like the proposals out the door and in the hands of the client, and that means 80% close or, you know, 90% versus 70%, it changes the, the definitions and the numbers drastically, especially as the sales team scales up. The more people, the more of a inaccuracy you're going to have. Yeah. Yeah. And I love this topic because I feel like it's really common. And I feel like a lot of the solutions that we've come up with can really help. So let's get into the solutions. So the first one that we talked about was, you know, they're not updating their pipeline. I guess there's not too much of a real solution there other than, hey, Mr. Salesperson, 
you have to take action on this. This is a requirement for you to be part of this. Now, when it gets into what you were saying, Josh, with the, um, you know, that example that you had about your friend that has three people harassing him or whatnot. I think one of the solutions that we can talk about from a sales manager's point of view, and you, you alluded to it in, in your example, is we don't need this to be a harassing process. It needs to be a helping process. So one of the questions that, that, you know, we'll ask eventually is, you know, what kind of sales manager are you? Are you the one that just wants to know because you want to know and you want to be able to spin it around to your boss or the CEO and say, hey, my rep's got this going on? Or are you wanting to know because you want to really get involved, get in the trenches, help them move it along in the process? Or are you just kind of there to harass them because you're checking the box on your day and doing your job, right? I see that coming a lot. So I guess one of the solutions, Josh, is, to help versus harass your reps when it comes to that. Yeah, most definitely. If you want updates and you want more updates and they know, you know, if I'm a rep and I know you're just going to come to me and ask for where it's at in the deal stage, and you're going to ask that a lot, and you're going to put pressure on me to close it, then I'm going to be less engaged as a rep. If you come to me and you're like, what can I do to help move this along? And I'm going to say things like, oh, well, it'd be really great if you met with their CEO or if you came onto the next call as an executive and, and had this conversation, let them know right. that, you know, we care about earning your business and we want to show that by getting, you know, our other team members involved, you know, how can you help is, is coming from a completely different perspective. And then as far as the updating the pipeline, you know, we mentioned that first of reps just aren't updating the pipeline. I mean, my solution for that is generally involves how the sales meeting is run and there's different types of sales meetings and there's different types of cadences. But one thing I like to do is go through those opportunities or deals in the pipe and do the checks and balances at the beginning. So before we start talking about them, let's do the checks and balances piece. So I'm going to say, you know, what is the close? Is this close date still accurate? You know, oh, well, this close date's passed. You need to update it right now. Go ahead. You know, mm -hmm. so I tell people, if you're going in on a sales meeting with me and we're doing a check-in, you need to have the CRM up on your other screen with your deals and your pipeline available. So when we see that that date is passed, you can go ahead and update it. Yeah. Or, um, you know, if the stage, if I say, well, didn't you talk to that person or didn't you send out a proposal? Hey, go ahead and update that deal stage, right? We're going to do it right there on the meeting. We're going to knock it out and we're going to move on. So I know every week it's going to get at least updated once. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like that a lot. Now, we, other we also talked about, um, you know, the sales stages. Potentially, there is some confusion with the salespeople around, you know, what a sales stage is, how it's defined, uh, et cetera. So, obviously, the solution to that is let's get into the definition and train our sales reps on those definitions so that we can speak the same language and Josh, I know you, you as a sales operations guy, you, I know you can understand the value in this to have everybody speaking the same language in the, uh, in the pipeline to where when you reviewing it, you can see real data, real information coming so that you can prep and plan accordingly. It doesn't mean that we're going to start prepping and planning and gung ho before a deal is, you know, literally committed to it. It has nothing to do with that, but unless we have the foresight to see things coming, we're not going to be able to assist that sales rep in a lot of the resource allocation and, you know, make sure that he or she is going to be set up for success. So I think defining standardizing is probably another good word to use here. Standardizing what the sales stage means 
when to update it and, uh, and, and things of that nature, just to create some consistent language. Yeah, most definitely. And those sales stages, you know, should have a strong meaning and we have to train them. Like I used earlier, you know, it's in the proposal stage. What does that mean? Like they're, they're waiting on it. They have it, you know, all those different nuances. And those only get more complex when you have too many sales stages. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we really have to make sure that those sales stages matter, right? They have a differentiator that, that helps. So, I mean, I think that leads into the next, after training and standardizing those, how does updating the sales stage make a difference to the rep? Now, we follow ABM, account-based marketing processes and mm-hmm. best practices, And what we do there is we actually tie the stage to many other things that help that rep close a deal. So I'll give you an example. If I update to a certain stage, then that's going to go into a certain group or a certain list in the CRM. And we're actually going to show that person different ads. We could show them a different ad campaign based on the stage that they're in. So you could be seeing a broad ad and then you could be seeing more uh, a different positioning statement Uh, that's further along in the buyer's journey because you updated that. Or, you know, it could automatically trigger notifications to the operations team where they're going to come to you and say, okay, hey, we need to start getting these things together. And now people are proactively coming to you. Mm -hmm. So there's all kinds of things where the stage really matters and it's tied into other business processes. Like another one of my favorite ones is closed one. You know, to me, when you mark something as closed one, all these automated emails should start firing off. Yes, like it should start going to the client. It should start going to the ops team. It should go to the accounting to get the W9s and like all these other things should happen. Mm-hmm. And what we really have to do with the sales stage is think about how do we provide that level of value, the same level of automation when it's closed one as when it's, you know, engaged or in process or, you know, proposal, you know, proposal delivered or, you know, in negotiation, whatever your stages are, how do we provide that same level of automation? Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be an amazing solution. Now we got to remember why we're talking about this because as a sales leader and look, you might be really just heavy into the sales and not so much into the transition and ultimately delivery. But the reason these solutions are just so important, not just for forecasting your month and your quarter in terms of your overall top line revenue, but there is the larger that you get, the less scalable the surprises are. The surprise deals that go from 25% to 100% overnight with absolutely no data, right? Or or, or even worse, the ones that go to 100% and then you need something to really happen or action to be taken the next 24 hours. I mean, talk about something that's going to really tick off your delivery team is going to be something like that because they haven't had time to review. They haven't been engaged prior to the closed one. They haven't been able to create, you know, any sort of, if there was customized things associated with that deal outside of the automation that Josh was just talking about, well, you're really going to be putting them in a tough spot. And remember, we are designed to set them up for success so that they can successfully deliver for us. This, this, is, a, this is a two-way street. So, so it's one of those things where as a leader, if you've got the stages to match, you know, the, the ABM process that Josh talked about, you know, aligning with the sales enablement contact automation when and where possible, then you're only going to set your team up to succeed. Uh, as you scale, the surprises become very difficult to manage to. And the last thing in the world we want to do is 
affect the customer experience. If we got a salesperson saying, or, you know, somebody saying that we can show up the next day, no problem. And then something happens where we weren't aware of that. Well, here we are and we're going to piss the client off. That's the why we're talking about all these solutions. So I think we've given them, given them some good ones, Josh. Yeah, definitely. And I like the, you know, the one on the surprises, right? So the final solution we have is how do you offset some of those surprises? Surprises are always going to happen, but there is data in the system. You know, if you're using the CRM, there's data around each rep that you can start to understand the trends. So, you know, for example, we know that uh, rep number one over here always puts a, a close date that's 30 days out from where, you know, where it came in, but the average close date's really 90 days. His is always off by 60 days because we can go look at his normal average time to close from when he entered an opportunity to when he marked it as close one or close lost probably close one would be the time to close time to close one metric. Mm -hmm. And we know like this person based on the average and based on this person, they're always under quoting by 45 days, right? Or somebody else is always pushing it out. So there is lots of ways you can look at that data to offset the surprises and have candid conversations during the meeting and say, okay, well, I know you're putting this at the end of the month, but you know, I'd like you to go ahead and push it out another 60 days. Yeah. Go ahead and push the pace. Keep going, but we know when we're projecting it for based on the real numbers, which is what we've reinforced with data over years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just to kind of, before we get into the final question here, one just little hack that I think is a really good idea during setting the stage definitions, please understand that the earlier that you can get, I'm just going to use uh, project management as an example here. The earlier you can get project management engaged, the better it's going to be during transition and ultimately into delivery. So as you define your sales stages, one of the questions I'd like to ask you is, when do you think it's time for your delivery team to know? Our example is at 75%. At 75% with a certain amount of criteria. If that happens and the stage gets updated at 75%, there's a lot of built-in automation that goes to the project management organization that says, this is probably coming, or this has a good likelihood of coming. Here's the heads up. Let's start getting our ducks in a row and getting ready to go. So just, uh, I wanted to get that one last little piece in before this amazing final question you have for our audience, John. Yeah, that's a, that's a great piece of uh, final information because you definitely want people to know what's coming and get involved as early as possible, but not too early. So the timing really matters on that. Mm -hmm. So our final question is, what are you doing as a sales leader to ensure that you have an accurate pipeline? And this has been Purpose Driven Sales with Barnes & Sweeney. Now go lead with purpose. Thank you for joining us on the Purpose Driven Sales Podcast. If you've enjoyed the content, the best thing you can do to support us is go out to iTunes and give us five stars so that we can continue to reach more sales leaders. Thank you.